He said. She said. We said. Our take on lasting love, sustainable relationships, life hacks, and more. Hi, I'm Tia. I'm PJ, and these are our stories. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of He, She, We podcast. Welcome, welcome. Welcome. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Actually, you know, when this podcast, when it premieres or when it when it airs, it will be Christmas. Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Man. And that coincides with, um, you know, pandemic and, you know, uh, stimulus checks and people spending money for gifts. You know, a lot of people... A lot of people going in debt. It's horrible. When they don't really need to. It's horrible. Buying buying gifts online. You know, I saw earlier today, people were out at the malls. Right. You know, when they're not supposed to be out there buying gifts. Well, those folks, I think, are just... They too late to order stuff online. That part. That part. part. (laughs) But, you know, unfortunately, some folks are um, not able to buy gifts because Mm. of what's going on. People losing their jobs and... And um, and so that we don't want to minimize that or overlook that. And we just want to send blessings out to those folks. And and, you know, whether the stimulus check comes or not, we just want them to be able to rebound at some point. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. And so it's not about the gifts. It's about just being safe and, and making it to next year. And so. So how. We, so I'm sorry. So however you celebrate, right. be safe. You know, love each other and just enjoy the holidays the best you can. Right. And check in on people that you haven't talked to because you just don't know how it's affecting folks. The holiday brings upon a lot of emotions over and above the pandemic, what's going on with that. But the fact that we're in a heightened state makes it even scarier. So check on people, check on the ones you love, check on your friends, check on your neighbors and yeah. just, um, you know, Look at look out for them. Now, having said all of that, mm-hmm. uh, that's a great segue to talk about money and finances. Yes. And just a little background for, for me mm-hmm. uh, growing up. Well, first of all, let's talk about, you know, money, finances with your children and, and, your, and your parents, how they have that conversation with you or if they have that conversation with you. For me growing up, we didn't. We didn't have that conversation mm-hmm. about money. It mm-hmm. well, we kind of did. It was kind of like unspoken, mm-hmm. and it just assumed. Like my father was a uh, was a skycap at the airport, so he relied heavily on tips, and you know he had he had a salary. So when he would come home late at night, about eleven thirty, twelve o'clock, I would stay up and wait for him to come home mm-hmm. and to to count his money. And I thought that was kind of like interesting and fun. Because he would put all his money on the table, and he would look at me and say, "Okay, go ahead and uh, go ahead and count it." And I had to be about maybe <laughs> nine, ten years old, maybe. And it was—I didn't think I was going to say this, but just be, <laughs> when he would go to the refrigerator and get a beer, he would bring me a beer back too. And so <laughs> I would drink the beer. We would have counting a little bit, money, counting money. It was fun. And then he would go back to the beer after two or three you know, cans of beer. And I would watch him go through the refrigerator, and because I was counting money, I would skim a couple of, <laughs> couple of dollars off the top. You know, like maybe like five dollars, five fifty, uh-huh. and continue. And to that count. was a lot of money back then. He oh, had yeah, in your little pocket. Oh yeah, huh? he, you're talking about. He was like that was in sixty nine, mm-hmm. nineteen sixty nine, nineteen seventy. 
<laughs> so yeah, so we would do that. Okay, so tell me this: when y'all were counting the money, did y'all have a conversation about money or what he was going to do with the money? Or, right. No. Or no. did you even know what he was going to do with the money? No, no, not at all. I never knew who paid what. If my mom paid anything, if my dad paid anything. Well, I know he paid everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would always tell me that when I'm dead and gone, that's what folks used to say a long time ago. <laughs> when I'm dead and gone, son. All of this is going to be yours. Mm-hmm. I never really understood what that meant. Like, what is all of this? Mm-hmm. You know, so I knew he he had property. So and everything, everything that I needed and wanted, they always got it for me. So I, it was never a concern about money. Or a reason to have a conversation. Or a reason to have a conversation. It was just understood when, when he's dead and gone. Mm-hmm. I got it. You get everything. Whatever the hell that was. <laughs> right. And, and I don't know if it was a, a an ethnic thing. I don't know if it was a generational thing. But I know my mom never really sat down and had a conversation with us. I remember, you know, with her being a single parent, of course, she paid everything. Mm-hmm. And only thing I remember as far as finances or being involved in the finances is that she would give me a check. And a bill, mm-hmm. and say, "Okay, go pay, go pay the gas bill, <laughs> go pay the water bill." How old were you? <clears throat> Ten, eleven. If you think about it, we were around about the same age, mm-hmm. dealing with the money. Mm-hmm. I was counting, and you were spending. I was spending <laughs> it, <laughs> but I had I was spending it in check form, right? Right. And right. you know, then sometimes she would give it to me to mail, mm-hmm. and it's so different than now when you pay, you can pay everything online, you right, know. Right. But we never had a conversation about money. Only thing I would hear my mother say is, turn off that light. Take the man's hands <laughs> out my pocket. Right, right. You know, and that, that was as much of finances that we discussed. Right. Now, that was a situation with my dad and I. My mother and I, on the other hand, mm-hmm. it was something entirely different. She didn't really talk to me about finances, but she would always tell, tell me on several occasions that when you get married, son, Always talk to your to your wife. Mm. Discuss with her everything that you're doing. Don't keep her in in the dark. You felt? Do you did you get the sense that she was in the dark? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because when she, you know, fell ill, mm-hmm. you know, she was she was in the bed. She didn't have any control at that point. Right. And it was probably that way early on too. Mm-hmm. You know, he never said anything to her about. It. He just handled everything. And so that really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. When you get when you get a wife, you get a spouse. Always have discussions with her, mm-hmm. you know, about what you're doing or what we are doing. Right. And so I fast forward as an adult. I mean, I try to do that all the time. Right. We yeah. do. We have good communication yeah, with that. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think because of that. <clears throat> oh, okay. And with me, I don't even, I just, I really don't remember having any conversations about money. I don't remember having a bank account until I was a teenager. You know, my dad died when I was 11. And so Mm -hmm. we started getting Social Security. Mm -hmm. And when I was about 15, 16, my mother started letting us have the Social Security money, my brothers and I, for our bank accounts. I think think, think that was a big thing back then, Social Security Yeah, it was. And so that was the first time I remember having a bank account, Mm -hmm. you know. And then, of course, when I graduated from high school, I started working immediately. and, um, And then I started college at the same time. And so that helped me transition into my bank account and managing my own finances and, and stuff like that. And that was, that was the same way growing up, like in, in, I guess it had to be like in junior high school, mm-hmm. I was getting social security checks. I didn't have control over them, obviously mm-hmm. from my mom's dis- disability. So she would keep them. And then when I turned 14 or 15 years old, I got my own bank account. Right. You know, and I think I got a bank account only because it was time for me to get a car. Mm-hmm. So my dad took me out to get a car and I'm thinking, He's going to buy me a car. <laughs> <laughs> so I go out and I 
you look at this Mustang, and I like the Mustang. And he said, okay, this, you got the money, you pay for it. I'm like, <laughs> what, what do you mean I got the money? The car was $1,500. Uh-huh. had 40,000 miles on it. So I was I was paying, I think it was like 40 bucks a month mm-hmm. for that car out of my Social Security check at that age of 15 years old. So that, that was my real first experience mm-hmm. with a bank account and trying to manage that and, and pay pay that. And mine was kind of similar with my first car. My mom, I remember her putting the down payment, $500 on my little Mercury Comet. <laughs> and my Wait, payments, what, year, what year was that? Oh gosh, that was 77. Okay. And I, I had, uh, uh, my car payment was like $104 and my insurance was maybe about $12, $15 a month. And that was my first bill. Well, you had insurance? I had insurance <laughs> because the bank made me have insurance. <laughs> I don't think I had insurance. Because you paid no, cash for no, your No, car. no, 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 I didn't. You I did it? 40 bucks a month. I had oh, insurance. Oh, oh. My, mom, my mom was paying my okay, insurance. Okay, yeah. We yeah. had to have insurance for the loan. So how are your spending habits, though, in general? Were you... As a kid? Just, no, just transitioning from a teenager, you know, until before you got married. Well, you have to understand, like I said on, on previous episodes, I grew up in the South, in the, in the country. There was no place to go, nothing to do. I didn't need money. To Except for to go down to the cafe. Go down to the, the corner cafe which is like two blocks away mm-hmm. and hang out there and buy popsicles and hot dogs. <laughs> and I had that from the money I stole from my daddy. So it, that wasn't a problem. <laughs> so I didn't really have any spending habits like that. I didn't, I didn't clothes. I didn't have to pay for clothes. Uh-huh. My mom and dad took care of that because everything I needed, essential stuff, mm-hmm. it was taken care of. So I didn't, I didn't have any, any spending habits. And I think here again, fast forward to now, uh-huh. I got everything I needed back then, and I got everything I need now, and it's been that way in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And I and I I kind of you know I I rely on God a lot because I know He He did it. He He provides for me. Right. He provides for everybody, and I don't worry about it. I don't worry about anything. You don't worry about it because when I worry about stuff, you always tell me, "Oh, it'll, it'll take care of itself, or it'll be okay." And then I that calms me down. And but is, I know for ahead, me, I've always been frugal. Not cheap. There is a difference, but frugal. The one thing that mom, my mom did teach us was, you know, about buying good quality clothes and shoes, and and um, and then of course along the way I kind of got this purse fetish <laughs> <laughs> with designer bags and and stuff like that. But I still was always frugal when right. it came to spending. I didn't overspend. I didn't go in debt, you know, for stuff that I really didn't need, other than the normal. Going to the mall, charging up clothes, and then waiting to pay it enough down to buy something else, mm-hmm. you know. But that was pretty much it, you know. I didn't really splurge a lot. Yeah. I think the first thing I ever splurged on was a Louis Vuitton purse. I bought it at Saks Fifth Avenue on Wilshire. I had to have that purse. I can't think of anything. Well, first thing I, I splurged on, I can't remember. But I, getting back to not worrying about anything, mm-hmm. you know, God provides, no doubt. Right. And I have an example of that. Think about, you know, people always want to put money away for a rainy day. Now, I'm not saying, you know, don't save money, don't put money away. Uh-huh. But when you put money away for that rainy day and you have money for that rainy day. Something always happens. No, wait, wait, let me finish. Uh-huh. And you got money. You're right. Something always something happens. Something always happens. But when you don't have money or, you, or you're scrimping and you're trying to make it. It never rains. It never, <laughs> right. it never, it never rains. When you got money, when like, you save up a little money, something that always, happens. always happens. You're right. That's it a lesson. Always happens. I don't know what the lesson is, yeah. but it's a lesson. So basically, you get scared when you get a little bit of money, huh? Oh, 
Money is the root of all evil. <laughs> <laughs> money, money, money. So. As far as saving habits. Okay. What, what, what were your saving habits growing up? Like as a young adult, not as a kid. As a young adult. My bank account was on my dresser. And we talked about it. We talked about it. That was that was my bank account. That was my saving habits. Mm-hmm. I, I spent what I needed. If I didn't need it, it stacked up. Mm-hmm. You know? And I just I don't know why I didn't put it in, in the bank. I just, maybe because I just didn't have time or I didn't, didn't want to make the time. Mm-hmm. I know if I needed it, I knew I had it. Right. So that was it was it. So I I had a car payment, I think it was 160 bucks. And I had another, you know, fifteen hundred, two thousand, just sitting there. And that was my impression of you when we met was that you were carefree, because you were living at home. Right. So your parents were pretty much taking care of the household expenses, and right. you just had to take care of your car note and stuff like that. So I felt yeah. like a sense of calm, like I've mentioned before, mm-hmm. when I was with you, because I didn't feel you worry about anything. I didn't. I didn't. And my first impression of you financially. <laughs> <laughs> this is funny. It because um, I mentioned on previous episodes that you had a brand new car right. when, we, when we met, and you still had the car when we started dating. And you told me that you were paying three hundred dollars a month for for your car, right? And I I was like, oh my, my god, god, <laughs> that was Are a you, lot of that money. Was back a lot, then. That was a lot. That was because I was paying one hundred and sixty for my right. car, right? And it was a fairly new car. Uh huh. I just couldn't believe that. I could not believe that. So that was my first impression. Then you fast forward a couple of months when we started to come clean about finances. Yeah. <laughs> you, you tell me, I got something to tell you. <laughs> I'm not paying $300 for my car. I'm paying $380 for my car. And I was like, Oh. And that was because we were having a conversation that because we didn't want to go into the marriage with any bills. Right. And so I had to come clean mm-hmm. <laughs> because I knew you would find out. But I did explain to you the reason why the car payment was so high was because I wanted a, a shorter amount of time to pay, to it, pay it, off it off. And so that's why it was so high. It was just that figure when I heard it. I it know just blew me it was away. expensive. I had never I had never heard of anybody paying that kind of money <laughs> for a car. You know, especially that young. I know, I know. Twenty two. Yeah, yeah. But that—that's and that car was a a POS. Well, it was a new. It was a four cylinder. That's why you call it a POS. But I was trying to say gas. It was a brand new Chevy Camaro Mm -hmm. with manual. No, no, no. That was the old one. (laughs) That was the old one. This was the brand new one. Okay. But anyway, did you didn't have air? Did you? Yeah, I did. Okay. Okay, okay. It was a nice, cute car, but it was expensive. But that was because I had the shortened period to pay it off. But you know, we didn't have anything else, so that was that was fine. Right. So that was fine. And so, even when we got married, other than wanting to go into the marriage without having any bills, we didn't really even have a conversation about who was going to pay what. We knew we were going to join our finances. Mm-hmm. We knew that that we we're going to have one account, and then over time, things kind of transitioned to us then having in addition to our bank account with for our bills then we each had money going into our savings account right and that helped right would you say it helped it it did it helped a lot um it i think in a relationship when you're merging everything it's you gotta you gotta have one solid pool Mm -hmm. for the household Mm -hmm. but you gotta have something separate for yourself so you won't feel a certain type of way right 
you know, whether you want to go out and buy a gift for your significant other, you don't have to ask if you can go do it or if you, you have to make sure you have enough money to do it. You, you have that, that leeway to do that. Right. So as long as the household is taken care of financially and you have your own separate savings account, mm-hmm. which is important, and you can grow it anywhere you want. I mean, I think that's beneficial. It helped us. It does help. And but but what's important too is when you have those separate accounts is that you each have access to all absolutely, of the accounts. The absolutely. bill account as well as the separate accounts. So you know what each of you has. Yeah. And and it's also they have the man's mindset, you don't hoard and, and try to keep it a secret and, and get greedy mm-hmm. and not share. Right. Because get, sometimes your mutual account get low. Yeah, like that time when we was in Vegas. What happened in Vegas? <laughs> what happened in Vegas? Supposed to what, stay in Vegas. No, what happened why in you, Vegas? Why are you bringing about now? Why well, are you talking no, about now? No, no. Okay. It was the night before payday. Night before Christmas. It was like the night before Christmas. It was the <laughs> night before payday. And we was in Vegas at a basketball tournament. And we was due to get paid that night. Why you got to talk like that, though? And Because um, I'm telling a story. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go and ahead. Um, we we had to stop by the ATM we to pull out some all money. Been, all I've been in some That's what it's all about. Podcast. You got to share. Sharing is caring. Y- y'all better listen to them today. <laughs> yes. Learn from this. So, Learn. So we went to get money out. Now, mind <laughs> you, we had money in our savings account. We couldn't touch that. Right. We went to get some money out because we didn't get paid till Are the morning. Are you sure we had money in the savings account? Yeah, we had money in our okay. savings accounts. But we went to get money because we only had ATM access to our checking account, right. and we didn't even have enough to pull out twenty dollars. We had nineteen dollars and seventy something. And what did we do? What did we, what, what did we say? We went back to the hotel and we sat still. Sat still and go to say, go to sleep. Go to wake sleep. up. We have some money. We had some money. <laughs> and that's so true. That is so true. And, and I remember waking and, up at twelve o'clock, one, and checked the accounts. And, we, we got, got money. money. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we had food and we had gas. We was fine. We, and we were in Vegas. And we was in Vegas and we was going to watch our baby play basketball. And did we gamble? Did we lose some No, money? we didn't We didn't gamble because uh, we went there for the basketball tournament. Wow. It just happened the timing was bad. We that was is, on the broke end. That is such a true story. <laughs> yeah. That is such a true story. I remember when we first told, told our kids about that, they were like, they just bust up laughing. They laugh because they they just like really y'all oh, y'all didn't even have twenty dollars. Not twenty dollars. I couldn't. I didn't have enough money for nothing. Well, I, I was scared to swallow because <laughs> <laughs> I thought I would get hungry. <laughs> right, but I think they started to learn a little bit more as they grew. You mm-hmm. know, when they became teenagers, and we got them their cars, and that set us on a whole on a whole new path because then not only do you have the 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 car um payments but you also have what comes along with that the upkeep the maintenance the insurance i remember when we first got their cars when they both had cars our insurance for the year was like eight to ten thousand dollars just for car insurance Mm -hmm. and we i don't think we realized how much of an impact that was for us on our finances but we had to have it. Do you remember the conversations we had with with, uh, with the kids as as a family about finances? Did we have Do we have those conversations at all? I don't think we really did. I don't think we no. did because if they needed something or wanted something, we just got it. You know, right? But- I, I, I think yeah, I know in, in in the black nuclear family, it's kind of uncomfortable or hard to talk to a six. Or a seven-year-old about finances? It is, but I think when they were teenagers, we did talk to them about finances in a way, in the sense that we did open up bank accounts for them. We gave them their right. credit card. We gave them a credit card each. 
and then we gave them um, our ATM card. So there is an appropriate age to talk about finances. Oh yeah, children. What, what ages would you see that you said? I would say as a preteen. Preteen. As absolutely. a preteen, because they need to know they're going to be going over to their friends' homes or going out with their friends. I wanted to make sure the girls always had access to money, mm-hmm. so they have an ATM card. Okay, you don't have that. Parent doesn't have to pay for anything for you, you just go to the ATM if you run out of the cash that I gave you. Mm -hmm. So they understood about that. And then I do remember telling them when they were in college, do not get a lot of credit cards. Cause I remember having credit cards, you know, um, somebody paid attention, somebody didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Who, who's that? that? I even gonna say it don't even matter. It kind of matters though. Yes. So anyway, I, was at, it the first some, born or second born? The second born. Oh, okay. And and sure enough, at some point I had we had to pay off her credit cards. <laughs> yeah. But she um she started working. Mm-hmm. She started working, you know, at the mall. And um then she was able to pay for her own stuff. But that was just one thing I told them, don't get burdened down with credit cards, you know? Right, right. And so what are what are the financial situations? that uh, was a compromise or or a dilemma for us with with the kids and lessons to be learned from that um there were a lot of compromises you know just knowing that that things are not free mm-hmm. that you got to work you know you got to work at some point and so when they were out of school they knew they had to work i didn't care i didn't want them to work while they were in school mm-hmm. but um you know and Brittany couldn't work because she was an athlete Ty wanted to work just to have, you know, her, um, her money, her spending money and stuff like that. But that was pretty much it, you know. Can you, um, do you have any regrets or any purchases that we made that we kind of regretted that we made those or decisions we made along, you know, along the way? Anything that you regret? No, I, I don't to, think I have any. I don't have any regrets, but I just think back sometimes over all the cars that we bought and just thinking about how much money we spent just, you know, for down payments and, and all of that. But it's not a regret in no, the I sense agree. that I wanted to, I didn't have buyer's remorse. Nah, we had cars. You know, we had we every rolling. kind of car. We, <laughs> yeah, we had we every rolling. kind of car you can imagine. But then I think about my uh, friend <clears throat> who had the same car for like 19 years. And during that time, instead of buying cars, she bought property. You know, mm-hmm. she bought property that she still has today. Mm-hmm. And I think she just um, got a new car like within the last 10 years, you know, but she had her first car for 19 years. But we had our first house at 22. No, we did. And that's why I don't have any regrets because we- And then we had a second house. At 23. Right. And we had rental property, which at some point we decided we didn't want anymore because it was too much of a headache. And so we sold that and never went back to having that. So that's a personal choice when people talk about if they should have rental property, should they just save the money in the bank? Should they invest in stocks and bonds and stuff like that? Um, Those are all personal choices based on your situation. Are you the only breadwinner? Do you have two incomes? Um, did you inherit a lot of money? Um, what's your tax situation? Right. You know, right. all of those things are considerations. For right. us, I think we just kept it simple in the sense that we maxed out in our deferred comp. We had a pension with the city that we knew we would have when we retired. We had 
Adequate we insurances. had, we were almost insurance broke because we had so much insurance, mm-hmm. you know, life insurance, Aflac. And I'm telling you, Aflac came in handy when it came to um, my pregnancies, when it came to our surgeries, when it came to my cancer, that was huge because mm-hmm. especially nowadays, the medical insurance just does not cover everything. And for us, we were lucky too, because we were double insured right? and we paid that little bit of extra for us to each keep our independent insurance and have each other on each other's insurance. That, that was huge. Right. So we hardly ever had to pay over, you know, what was do, you know, what was charged, but a lot of people don't have that luxury to Mm -hmm. have the double insurance. But then there are a lot of people who do. They, they are. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. But the supplemental insurances are definitely worth looking into. Aflac and and um, whatever what other coverage now you, you tell a have. funny story better than I do about uh, a situation with with Ty uh-huh. and and in a fraudulent fraudulent type of activity with, with checks. Yeah, tell that story just for well, the folks who understand how that you how know that when you're with your kids and and I don't think a conversation about finances would have made a difference in this. But the lesson learned here is about just keeping that open line of communication with your kids so that they feel free to come and ask you questions. Again, I don't know if this would have helped, but <laughs> I just know that when she was in college, you know, she she was an aspiring film director. She wanted to produce plays and we didn't know to what extent she was um that she wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. And so then she goes to a party. And it was around the holiday, I think. And she met um, this guy. And I'm sure he probably set his eyes on these young girls that were out there. And 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 so she believed that he was an investor. And he talked about how uh, he could invest in her productions. And, and she believed him because she was gullible, like most of us are. I'm sure I've had some crazy things that I've probably done that I don't remember. Um but you have a great memory. <laughs> I just know that I know that feeling. So but long story short is she ends up this guy tells her, Oh, I can write you a check. I can invest in, you know, what you want to do. He writes her a check and tells her, I'm gonna give you five thousand dollars and all you do is give me fifteen hundred back. That didn't even ring a bell mm-hmm. in her mind. She didn't think anything of it. She's like, okay. That sounds like a plan. I'm going to walk away with more than him. (laughs) Sounds good to me, huh? Right. And so because she had that nice little account over there at Wells Fargo, she took that little check and she cashed it or she deposited it. And you could only draw out like Mm $1,500, you know, at a time until the check cleared. And she did. And she gave him the $1,500 and he went on his merry little way. And right away... I think within a day or so, she was notified by the bank that the check bounced, mm. that that check was fraudulent. Mm. And so, of course, I started getting the notifications because it was a joint account. And, and what were your thoughts when you got the notification? I was terrified because I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. I, and so basically, we had to pay the bank back $3,100. Well. Oh. And 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 I ended up having to use what I didn't have to, but I ended up using the balance of or some of her housing money from school mm-hmm. to pay the thirty one hundred dollars off. Otherwise, they were gonna 
you know, shut down my account. And so speaking about the housing, mm-hmm. got a story about that too. We're gonna come back to this, right? But tell me about but, the housing. But the housing was when she was in college, and this is where you gotta you gotta stay on your kids. <laughs> and I thought I did, uh-huh. but when she was checking out of the dorm at the end of the school year, and I said, Ty, make sure you go to the office and tell them that you're gone and that, um, you know, the the dorm is empty. Mm-hmm. And Okay, mommy, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And what, two, three weeks later, I get an email saying you owe 700 and something dollars. For housing. For housing. And I said, and I argued with this woman like, are you crazy? No, no. She moved out a month ago and come to find out she hadn't gone and told them. That so, she moved out. So, so we had to pay we that. We had to pay that seven hundred something dollars. And we had to pay pay the thirty one hundred dollars. Thirty one hundred dollars. And then we had to pay another what seventeen hundred dollars for tickets. No, not seventeen hundred. It was eleven hundred. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> when the city, <laughs> yeah, tell that story too. You, yeah, you tell the, it much better than I do. No, so I'm just but when, it all when the here. city and and when the city of L.A. started looking into city employees mm-hmm. who had um parking tickets outstanding parking tickets that they hadn't paid um it was all on the news even the chief well they you know he his son had a car in his name and had all these parking tickets Mm -hmm. and i was like oh man that's crazy and then i was sitting at my desk (laughs) one day (laughs) and i get a call from internal affairs captain the police captain the police and they say uh no i was a lieutenant at the time and I'm sitting at my desk and they call me and they say, and it was Greg Montgomery. He was working internal affairs at the time. And he was handling those cases. And he said, uh, you got a, a, a car. Um, you got parking tickets, like $1,100 for parking. I said, no, I don't. I don't have any parking tickets because at the time I was driving a city car. Right. I'm like, I ain't got no parking tickets. What you talking about? And then he said, well, do you have a, a black Jetta? And then, and then he read off the license plate And then you looked at me and I looked I, at you and, looked, I, I looked and at we you. said, Ty. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this girl got $1,100. But you know what? What? At some point, I couldn't be that mad about that because when I was in college, I was over there at Cal State LA and I did the same thing. I'd be running late and I would park and I would be like, I don't care. I go to my class. I come back. I have a ticket. Ticket went on the dash. <laughs> ticket went in the glove box. I ended up when I left school that semester. I had like six hundred dollars for a parking wow. ticket, but my mama didn't have to pay them. You, you I did. But the other thing too, with the eleven hundred dollars, we made her pay that back because she was working. So she wow. did pay that back. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. We talked about finances and how we fared with that and control that and try to maneuver do we ever consider like talking to like some of our couple peers about how they handle their finances and give us some ideas well we didn't but we knew of some and how they managed their finances like the one friend that we had who the wife didn't work right and the husband did and he was a hard worker they were you know a real sweet couple and everything had a couple kids right she didn't work and at some point he found out six months later that she had not made a house payment in like six months. So he was working, she was paying the bills mm-hmm. and she was spending, she was buying Teddy Ruxpins and them things were like $90 back in the day. Right. And she had, them kids had everything and she wasn't paying her mortgage. 
and they ended up foreclosing on them. Yeah. And so that was huge and eye opener for me because us as friends, you know, we've been around them, gone to their home, they come to our house, gone to kids' birthday parties and so forth. And they never, I never would have thought right. that that was their situation. Right. You know, and I think she ended up doing some other. And then she, stuff. yeah, she, then we found out later she was doing some other criminal stuff and ended up getting a car and her best friend's name. And so that, so she was just ended up being a different kind of person. I think she ended up with some kind of drug issues or something, but just there, you know, she's handling the money. So I don't know how that fares with, with couples who only one person works right. and how they manage things. Right. And so as far as our friends, do you know of anybody that you knew how they no, manage their finances? No, because, you know, I, I think... You know, in the black community, it might be in other communities, two cultures. I, it's kind of like taboo to talk about how you handle your personal finances, mm-hmm. like with other people, like couples. And yeah, stuff. that's true. You don't you don't do that. Right. Know? I mean, I wouldn't do that. Right. And uh, we're doing it in this form because we're trying to show people how we've managed and hopefully it'll be a lesson to them or they can think about some things. Right. But I was talking in, in terms of asking other people. Like some, oh, uh-huh. of, some of our peers, mm-hmm. you know, well, what about this? How do you guys do this? How you guys do right. that? That that doesn't occur. Right. We're sharing information with with our listeners now how we did it, mm-hmm. and we're choosing to do that. Right. And what worked for us, and what didn't work for us, and what we learned from it. Right. Because when you do that, if if we had done that, it would almost be like you're getting in their business. Intrusive. It's yeah. Very intrusive. You know, unless we're having an open conversation. Because about if somebody it. asked me, I would I would be like I would look at them crazy, avoid them. Right. You know, I would. Deflect. But then you know them people too who be like, "How can you afford that?" I, don't I talk, used to hate. That. I don't talk to those people. <clears throat> no, but some people would do that. Oh, I don't talk to those people. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you don't share with them how you afford certain things. Like if you got a new car, it ain't your business. or they see you with something, it ain't your business. That's true. Because the people who were asking, they were the wrong people. That's true. That is true. If they were like a close friend or a family member, it's something different. No, you still wouldn't tell them oh. because to me, that's a rude question to ask somebody. How can you afford that? You don't know my situation. Yeah, that question. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. But I've known people to do that. Yeah, not your business. It's not your business. Why are you asking that question? You stupid or what? <laughs> <laughs> so, what what, what takeaways, what do we learn from those experiences? Like what, like the check situation, the ticket situation, um, the housing. Well, I think those were more learning experiences for Ty. I agree, but I also but, think there's a learning yeah, learning situation for us as parents too in what way in terms of we have to like you mentioned earlier we have to stay on top of them mm-hmm. talk to them constantly mm-hmm. ask questions and follow up those, with those questions and you know what with the whole check thing because the emphasis behind it was that she wanted somebody to produce a play that she was trying to do that was important for us in that we then got on board with what she wanted to do and, and that so. was and that was a different situation because at that point she was an adult she was a young adult right but still right, an, right. An adult. that's true so but they're still learning from us absolutely even at that age they're still learning from us but it really was huge as things progressed and we then became a family business and started doing the stage plays and supporting her because even before that when she was in high school and she did her final project with a movie that she did that she wrote and, and filmed and everything we were on board with her then but i think at some point kids when they get to that 19 20 years they're in college they start to think 
more independently and they think they don't need to get your advice. Right. And so it's always good to just have conversations, you know, Hey, what's going on with you? What you got going on? What you doing? What, you know, and, and I think we've done that, but even at times we've had that distance, mm -hmm. you know, where we weren't on top of some things and those were clear. I mean, the parking tickets, I can relate to that. <laughs> you know, that's just one of those things that you just, you, it's not important to you. Well, well I think everything that, that occurred and that will occur, I can relate to everything, you know, because everything happens, life happens. It's just how you deal with those situations. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I understand all of it. You know, when you're 20, 21 years old, you kind of think you know more than, and you know, so mm -hmm. it's time for an experience. That was an experience for her. Yep. Unfortunately, we had to pay for that experience for her. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's her experience. That's true. So everything is an experience. Right. And I, and she's very responsible now, though. Right. I have to say she's very responsible. So, and that's, you know, sometimes we have to experience things. Some things you just can't, your parents can't tell you. No. Some things you just got to experience on your you own. You can definitely tell them, but it, it won't sink in. It won't sink in until something happens. Yeah. And when know? it does happen, you get it. Mm -hmm. And it, you get it even more when you have to pay for it. Right. Yeah. Right. So... In reflection, what uh, in our life, you know, 30, 38 years, mm -hmm. looking back, do you regret anything that we ever done? What would, what, would you do anything differently? Not with, not with purchases or anything like that, but just anything. But just in general? In general. No, I think that one thing that I do like that we did was the insurance. Okay. That we always made sure we had insurance and that, and I felt protected in that way. Never had to worry about whether I was going to go to the doctor or go to the hospital or not because I don't have the money or I can't, you know, I don't have no insurance. No, that was never even a thought. And so that part I do, I'm so happy that we did that. I'm happy that we maxed out on our deferred comp. And even though at times it would be tight because that was a lot of money coming out of your check right. at once, but it was worth it in the right. end. Right. And so you can't look at my advice to people would be, you can't look at the now and say, Oh, well, I can't afford for that to come out but you really can't afford for it not to come out because yeah. you want to be able to take care of yourself later on in and life. And you don't miss what you don't have. Right. So if, you have, it, yeah, if you have it taken out, you don't miss it because right. you never had it in the first place. One of the things I, I would advise, you know, young couples getting together, and I said it early on, but this is just reflection. You know, always talk to your to your mate, to your partner. Talk to them, talk to them about the businesses, uh, the finances, you know, the problems, just have those, have that open communication right. with each other, you know, whether it's embarrassing or not, you got to have it. Yeah. And don't be afraid to, to try different things because like with us, I started out doing the bills and then mm. you didn't care for the way that I was doing them, and not because of the way I was doing it, but because you weren't aware of everything that was being paid and how it was being paid and how much and when and so forth. So you felt like you were in the dark. And so then at some point you took it over and at the same time you were trying the automated system with the bill pay through the bank. Mm -hmm. That was before all of the online systems with all the different companies. And so how'd that work out? <laughs> oh, you put it like that. <clears throat> no, no, no. How, I just want to talk about it because <laughs> no, it worked, that's important to it, see it, how... It worked out great for me because I knew what was, what was being paid, what had to be paid, what bills we had um, and the amounts. And also... What drove me crazy when you were doing it, mm -hmm. I mean, you were doing it manually, you know, keeping a ledger, right? you know, 
handwriting everything. And it drew me, it drove, it drove me crazy because I knew there was a easier way uh-huh. to, to track it and, and to pay it. And so I wanted to do it so I can have some knowledge of what, some real knowledge, working knowledge, of what was going on. And at the same time, use the online payment right system. but what was the fallacy let me in the finish way you let me finish why you gotta don't cu- i didn't cut you off don't cut me off damn don't do that i'm gonna get to it i'm gonna get to it calm your ass down <laughs> i was doing it just fine i was paying all the bills i was and i was keeping track of it and i had it online it was perfect i saw it was being paid it was perfect the problem came in that i was paying all the bills at once the whole thing and so when it came time to go to the movies or buy food, we didn't have the money to do those things because I was paying all the bills at one time. Mm-hmm. And so you brought it to my attention that we can't do it that way. You have a system. And I said, yeah, you're probably right. That's probably not a good way to do it. So I handed, handed it back over to you. Was that it? Yeah. Is that what you, is that what you had to get out of me? <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with the story. You knew so. where I was going with it. You you knew. You knew. You you always know. No. So so it was good that I did that. Mm-hmm. It was because I, I I had a chance to take over the books and, and control that and pay those things. You had a chance to do it. And we compared notes and, and kind of figured out which system worked out best right. for our situation. And your system was better. It was antiquated, but it was still better. So yeah, but now we know what's. Both of us know what's know going how, on. Yeah, we know. Yeah. but it's easier now because you can go online. You can look at the bank account. You can see what's coming out. Yeah, because you didn't trust it back then. You I did not trust and the I, and I, 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 I trusted it. Yeah, I trusted it. Was it. new, and I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't trust the bill pay stuff. And, I, and that's what that's what frustrated me mm-hmm. that you didn't trust it, and it was hard for me to explain to you to to trust it and the reason why you should trust it right you know nowadays it's so easy now it's easier too because each company has their own website right for you to make the payments instead of wells fargo reaching out and you know sending money to the different companies and stuff so that that i just wanted to make sure that we got that in there because i wanted people to see that you know that was our that's how we resolved our mm-hmm. issue with bill pay mm-hmm. girl okay <laughs> whatever 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 Mm-hmm. So I think uh, we uh, we had a full episode today. I, I kind of appreciate this conversation. I kind of enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But I just want to tell everybody who's listening, just be mindful of your finances. Uh, be mindful of people who can't afford certain things and just keep them in your prayers and uh, understand that everybody's not able. Everybody's not as fortunate as others to have and to do things. Right that uh that pleases them and makes makes their life life a little easier um and just have a happy holiday happy season. holidays and merry christmas and just know that we love you goodbye goodbye thanks for tuning in we'll be back next week with a new episode follow us at he she we pod on instagram facebook twitter and tiktok Got a question, comment, or just want to give us a shout out? Use the hashtag HeSheWePod.